0: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill has been my dentist for the last 26 years. Do you know why? I'll wait for your answer. Yes, exactly, because he's the best. You want to have the best dentist? All you have to do is call Today's Dentistry at 317 849 All right. We got a lot to talk about. Purdue's got a big game coming up tonight. We're going to talk about the Daytona 500 and Ryan Newman, how fortunate he was to survive that wreck yesterday. We're going to talk about the Chicago Cubs because you're not going to be able to watch it in the same way this year. And I'm sure you've read about that if you're a Cubs fan, but we're going to go over a little bit what the clearance issues are with the marquee network. We'll talk about Indiana's game tomorrow. They're going to be at Minnesota nine o'clock on the big 10, network. Butler is at Seton Hall. Prior to that, at 6.30 on Fox Sports 1, and we're going to talk about the Colts a little bit. Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are going to speak to the media at the Combine a week from today. That is going to be interesting, but we know what we're going to hear already because Chris Ballard is very, very consistent in his messaging because Chris Ballard is an honest guy. If you're an honest person, you never have to worry about what you say. You never have to worry about contradicting yourself if you're honest, right? So there you go. Purdue tonight in Madison against Wisconsin. Right now, Purdue, a game under 500 in the Big Ten. If they lose tonight, they fall into a tie with Indiana and Minnesota. Tied for 12th. No, well, tied for 10th, really, 10th, 11th, and 12th in the Big Ten. Indiana's got that game against Minnesota. That's the road game they got to win. But Purdue, if they win this game tonight, I think they're in the NCAA tournament. If they lose this game tonight, I think they've got a problem. They really stacked the deck against themselves in the preseason. They had a lot of tough games, and as a result, they're just two games over five hundred Right now, Indiana, what are they? Indiana's about eight games, nine games over five hundred, right? Purdue, only two games over 500 because they really did play a tough non conference schedule. That game tonight, if they win, they go to 500 in the Big Ten, and they're three games over 500 overall. They've got to be over 500 if they're going to get into the NCAA tournament, regardless of how tough their schedule was, how high they're ranked in Ken Palmer or the NET. They have got to start winning games, and winning one on the road against a team like Wisconsin is really going to help their resume. We'll see what happens tonight. Purdue, a four-point dog in Madison. I tend to go with the, uh, the home favorites in Big Ten games because it's hard to play on the road in the Big Ten and even be competitive. We've seen it throughout the season. Really, really tough. We, uh, it, it, college basketball, I've never seen this kind of parody in the Big Ten and then in the Big East. Like from top to bottom, any team can win on any given night. The ACC, a little bit different. How about the ACC last night, man? Not to, get, uh, not to turn away from Purdue, we'll get back to them. But how about Notre Dame coming back from the dead? They were 15 points down with eight and a half left, and they wind up beating North Carolina in South Bend. Big win for the Fighting Irish puts them in a position where they may earn a bid to the NCAA tournament. North Carolina—they have no chance unless somehow they right the ship and they win the ACC tournament. Failing that, they have no chance whatsoever to gain one of the uh, one of the 68 uh, slots in the NCAA tournament. So, Purdue tonight—you've got to be able to shoot the basketball. Your defense has to travel right, and and it does. It comes down to shooting for the Boilermakers. It comes down to Trevion Williams and and uh, you know Matt Harms down low, being able to put the ball in the bucket, draw defenders to them so they can kick it out and get a guy like Sasha Stefanovic going. He, I think, is critical tonight. To me, Stefanovic is to Purdue, as uh, Sean McDermott is to the Butler Bulldogs, as Devontae Green is to Indiana. If you got guys who are making shots, everybody else seems to be lifted, and those three guys in Indiana are Stefanovic, and McDermott, and Green. They shoot. Everybody else seems to play well. Uh, The Daytona 500 was run yesterday afternoon into last night, and we saw Denny Hamlin win for the third time, but the most important thing that happened is that Ryan Newman survived. Ryan Newman had the lead with about a quarter mile left. There was some bump drafting going on. Ryan Newman tried to put the block on. All of a sudden, he spins into the wall. He gets airborne, and then he gets T-boned. And if you watched, you thought, okay, if he's alive, it's a miracle. And then you saw the, the decorum of the Fox broadcasters on the race. And, and what you saw were guys who were terrified that Ryan Newman had been killed. Uh, very few shots of the wreckage scene as they were trying to extricate Ryan Newman. They went to a two-shot of, of Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy at the end of the thing. And they looked like they knew something that we didn't and they were afraid to tell us. And we know how that works in racing, right? If anybody, if you've ever been to a racetrack where somebody was killed, they want to make sure all the family is notified that I's are dotted, T's are crossed before they make any official notification of what's happened, right? And of the death of the driver. We saw it with Scott Brayton here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, during a practice session back in the mid-90s. And everybody knew that Scott Brayton had died in that crash, but the track didn't announce it until everybody had been notified and they felt like nobody was going to hear it over uh, over the radio or over TV. Now with social media, it's crazy. And if you're a relative of Ryan Newman, you read on Twitter last night that Ryan Newman had died. Multiple people reporting that None of them journalists. None of them reporters covering NASCAR. None of them in any position to know. They were just guessing at it, and shame on them for doing that. Um, But we thought that they were delaying the announcement. We thought it was inevitable, right? That Ryan Newman was going to be. um, We were going to be told that he had passed away, and and so that puts into your mind all these thoughts about racing, right? where uh, these guys, I mean, it's incredibly unsafe. Mark Boyle, when he did a radio show here in Indianapolis, the voice of the Pacers, called it death sport. You know, and to an extent, he's right. But what are we doing if we keep people from doing what they love in the effort uh, of making a living? Like, of course, it's dangerous. Boxing's dangerous. But we still have boxing. We still have auto racing. Because people believe that it's worth the risk. Life is a risk. If you were born, and you were, you're going to die. We're all going to die of something. Maybe it's better to die doing that thing that you love rather than withering away. Now, people who wither away aren't going to tell you that. And, and the people who die doing what they love, they're not around to tell us. So it's for us to kind of make that determination on our own, I suppose, for Ryan Newman yesterday, leading the Daytona 500 with a quarter mile to go. Holy cow, what a moment for him. I'm sure he had no interest in losing his life and really, really wanted to win the race. But you talk about if he had passed away, being taken at a moment of absolute joy and, and being immersed in all that's good in your life, um, you know, that, that would have been that moment. For Ryan Newman. Thank God he, he wasn't taken in, in that instance. But um, if he had been, is that if you could choose a way to go, is that the way you would choose doing whatever you love with whomever you love? You know, you're doing it with. I, 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 don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a terrible thing, whether you're 41 or 2 like Ryan Newman is, or whether you're 85 or 90. You know, some people die on stage. There's theatrical people. They die on stage doing what they love. Some people die in race uh, cars. You know, Some people die walking down the street. Uh, it just, whatever it is that takes you, that's what takes you. And, and you've got your life to look back on, and hopefully you've dotted a lot of I's, crossed a lot of T's, checked a lot of boxes, and been the person that you have decided you want to be and that you've been able to live your dream. Hopefully, everybody gets that opportunity before they are taken. Yesterday, all those thoughts go through your head, right? And I I think that that's part of the magic of auto racing. You know that what these people are doing is insane. And yet they do it anyway, and they do it with a smile on their face because they enjoy it. It's not about the money. You know, guys run midgets, and uh, you know they they go to USAC tracks, and they they just love racing. A lot of these guys, and they run Silver Crown, and and they just dig it, and and that's what it is. And if they're not racing cars, a lot of them race go karts, a lot of them race bikes. That's what they do, and that's who they are. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. Their first game is coming up this Saturday afternoon from Mesa. They are in spring training right now. They're having full kind of unit workouts. And and so they're going to play this game on Saturday, and that's going to be the launch date of the Marquee Network. The Marquee Network is the Cubs' owned and operated network that's going to bring Chicago Cubs-oriented content to Cubs fans. Right? It's in conjunction, in partnership with Sinclair. And, And so the Cubs, they're getting into this business just as... Uh, the New York Yankees have done with the Yes Network. So the Marquee Network, the problem with the Marquee Network is it's got no clearance on Comcast right now. It's got no clearance on YouTube uh, TV. It does have clearance on Hulu. It does have clearance on DirecTV. So uh, as it, depending on the seriousness of your Chicago Cub fandom, you're going to make determinations about your broadcast or your your television source, right, based upon where uh, you can get the Marquee Network. And Comcast serves about 50% of the Chicago market. So if you want to watch Cubs baseball, are you going to switch from Comcast to Hulu? And uh, which is more likely to switch? Is it going to be YouTube TV or Comcast. I think it's YouTube TV because YouTube TV is going to pick up customers. It's going to be worthwhile for YouTube TV. to uh, Comcast has basically saturated the market, right? They're, they're not trending up with subscribers because people are unplugging. They're going to Hulu. They're going to Amazon. They're going to YouTube TV. They're doing this via Sticks or um, Apple TV units, and there it is right? You, you, you're buying apps at that point, and you're getting traditional TV service from somebody like YouTube TV, or somebody like DirecTV now has a subscription internet way, uh, based delivery system. So what are you going to do? And, and what is going to wind up being the thing that drives clearance with Comcast? Are the marquee people with Sinclair and the Cubs, are they going to come off their asking price to the point where Comcast feels they are being economically wise in doing a deal with the Cubs? And that's how this works. We saw it when uh, the Big Ten Network launched right? And the Big Ten Network wasn't being carried by everybody, and it drove people nuts. You know, who's carrying the Big Ten Network? And, and so people, some people peeled off what their delivery system was in that moment and went to the one that was doing business with the Big Ten Network. Now, with the Marquee Network, what we've heard are rumors that the Marquee Network wants to charge $6 per month per uh, household. That is a lot of cash. ESPN right now is at about $7 a month, but people want to watch Cubs baseball. So it seemed like $6 a month, that was the initial deal. And that's how these work. Like Fox News is paid by uh, YouTube TV or the Fox family of networks The Disney family of networks, local TV stations, they're getting money from the people that you subscribe to, whether it's, again, Comcast, YouTube TV, DirecTV, Uverse, whatever, Hulu. That's how that works. And that's why some of the stations have been available and some of them haven't been available. And then more become available as people come off their prices because at the end of the day, they want clearance right? So is the Marquee Network going to blink first or is Comcast going to blink first? That is the, uh, man, a lot of people are watching because it's not just Comcast negotiating with the Marquee Network. Everybody else with regional sport nets are watching this negotiation to see what kind of a payday uh, Marquee can negotiate for itself. And whatever the price is that Marquee gets, that's the price that all of these other networks and these families of networks, these corporations, are going to try to extract from Comcast. So it's going to be really interesting. And, and at the end of the day, if you want to see Cubs baseball, you're going to see it because it's available on Hulu and DirecTV. There are places to go get it, just not Comcast right now and not YouTube TV. But I think that that's coming. YouTube TV is going to come. Because if not, people with YouTube TV, they don't have contracts They're going to switch to Hulu and Mass, and that's going to be the end of that. YouTube TV will lose a tremendous amount of market share in the city of Chicago. If they add Marquee, they're going to get a lot of the business from uh, uh, disenfranchised uh, Comcast customers who want to watch Cubs and realize that they don't need Comcast to be able to get all the, uh, all the channels that they like. So um, that's kind of the primer on what's going on with marquee network clearance, how it works, how it operates. Uh, the vast majority of the state of Illinois, most of the state of Indiana, the entire state of Iowa, part of southwestern Michigan, those are all Cubs areas that will likely get the marquee network or can get the marquee network you don't need to get the M- the mlb package in order to watch cubs baseball so people in indianapolis keenly aware especially if you're a cubs fan of what's going on uh with those negotiations because in indianapolis you've got a lot of comcast homes as well indiana tomorrow night at minnesota and to me this is kind of last chance saloon we keep saying that right but I think in this case, it's true. If Indiana loses tomorrow night, then they're going to have to win one of their remaining road games in order to go to the NCAA tournament, I think. And those remaining uh, home games or the, the remaining road games in the Big Ten are against Purdue and against Illinois. And I don't see Indiana winning either of those games. And then they've got to win all their games at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. If they lose tomorrow night, they're going to have to win at. Purdue or at Illinois and sweep the remaining home games against Penn State, Minnesota and Wisconsin. That's a tough putt as it is winning those three games. But if you put yourself in a box where you've got to beat either Purdue or Illinois on the road, you got a problem if you're Indiana. Indiana has not been able to sustain any level of quality play in the last four years. Let's not limit it to uh, Archie Miller's three years here. This is his third season. We can go back another year to the last year under Tom Crean. That was a way wobbly team that did not play well for long stretches. This is a team that has not played well. In fact, I would say, other than the Florida State game, which I think was one of those games where Devontae Green just lifted everybody else up with his excellence that night, kind of did the same thing against Iowa, Right. with with the exception of those two games, I don't think Indiana's played well at all. I don't think they played well in the win against UConn at Madison Square Garden. I don't think they played well against Notre Dame at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in the Crossroads Classic. I don't think that they've got a win where you looked at Indiana and you thought, man, this team is capable of playing really good ball. They just haven't been that kind of team, and it's a shame that they haven't been that kind of team because that's not Indi- – usually you see Indiana play – and maybe this is more true historically. You see them play to a, a level of effort, of effort that's consistent, and we don't see that now. We don't, we don't see great effort game after game after game. We see guys who might be looking forward to the end of the season, and that happens in college basketball, as shameful as that is. It's kind of like, you know, when you're in college and you're going through that last semester, right? And you think, boy, oh boy, I can't wait to graduate and get the hell out of here. And then finally you get out of there and you're like, what in the holy hell? What uh, what was I in such a rush for? That college was great. Why was, I, why was I thinking, boy, it's going to be great to get out of college. It's going to be great to graduate. My God. Like, sheesh, I wish I could go back and do it right. Right? That's the way any college graduate feels. I think you feel the same way if you're an Indiana basketball player. You think, oh, this is just, this is a death march for God's sake. This isn't any fun at all. I don't want to get on any more planes and play basketball and stay in hotels and watch Sister Act on TNT. I don't want to do that. You know what? Be careful what you wish for, because at some point you're not going to be doing it and you're going to look back on the way you did it and you're not going to be happy with yourself. And that's where Indiana is right now. Indiana has got an opportunity if it can just come together and play with purpose. It doesn't look like they're capable of that kind of thought or that kind of action, and that's really too bad for them. They seem like a team that they don't like each other on the floor. They don't like their coach. They got a coach who doesn't like them. This is toxic. This is really, really unpleasant. I don't know how you extricate yourself from this, either in the middle of a season or after the season ends, looking ahead toward next year. I don't know how that happens. Something's got to change within this culture, and it's got to change now or this season's going to be lost, and if it doesn't change during the offseason coming up, another season's going to be lost, and then Archie's got a problem, because Archie's going to be playing for a new athletic director, a guy who did not hire him, and I know Fred, Fred Glass, the AD, would probably argue with this, but people who hire you are much more likely to retain you They have an affinity for you. There's a reason why they hired you. That that process of hiring somebody is powerful psychological mojo, right? If you inherit somebody, you're going to look at that person critically. And right now, Archie Miller and his three years at Indiana don't stand up to uh, to a thorough critique. He just doesn't. I get what he's doing, or at least I believe I get what he's doing. He's trying to put this thing together piece by piece by piece, class by class. Right now, he's got two Tom Crean classes. He's got two classes of his own. When he's got three of his classes and one of Crean's, they're going to be closer to being the kids that he wants. And it works that way too, right? You know, if you inherit somebody else's guys, I know when Archie came in, he said, you're my guys, all right, except for Grant Galon. You're not my guy. But all of you other guys, you're my guys, all right, whether I recruited you or not, you're my guys and we're going to go to war together. Well, you know what? It hadn't worked out that way. They don't play like his guys and he doesn't coach them like they're his guys. And this, like I said, a toxic environment that has got to change also tomorrow night. You've got Butler at Seton Hall, that game at 630 on Fox Sports 1 you're getting down to it if you're Butler, right? you you got to find a way to win some games. They've got home games left against St. John's and DePaul. They've got to win those games because they lost that home game to Georgetown where they just didn't play very well. Aaron Thompson being out. Aaron Thompson is a big loss. I heard that he's he practiced today. So hopefully he's able to go tomorrow night because they absolutely need him. And they need Derek Smits. Derek Smits gives them an extra body down low and a matchup problem for others. Derek Smits is, I'm not going to say he's a key to victory for Butler ever, but man oh man, is he kind of an important cog in that machine. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Beating Seton Hall at Seton Hall, that's a long shot. But finding a way to beat Xavier at Xavier and then DePaul and St. John's guarantees them a 10-8 and record in the Big East and guarantees them a spot in the NCAA tournament. That is sports, nothing but sports. Man, what a day. You know, there's some days when you wake up and you think, oh, what am I going to talk about today? All of a sudden, there it is. There's always something to talk about. Could have talked about Rob Manfred and the disaster that he created through his botched investigation of the Houston Astros, where he gave all the players immunity for telling the truth, like they're a bunch of seven-year-olds. What the hell's the matter with Rob Manfred? Anyway, we'll talk about uh, what happens tonight with Purdue and Wisconsin, and we'll talk about what's going to happen tomorrow night. We'll do that tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. 8 o'clock, straight up on Facebook Live. And then immediately thereafter, it'll be on Twitter and Periscope. It's a show so nice, we do it twice. It's brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call them, 317-849-2933. Join me tomorrow. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.